Kyoto Koto no Mai Harimai. Welcome. Oh my God, this is Queenstown Live Podcast 75, number one of 2021. Um, Harimai, welcome, Rachel Melinda. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you in one of my favorite places. Well, you're in one of my favorite places in the world. I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in an okay place in Toronto, Canada. <laughs> So, um, Rachel, you are an intuitive eating coach um, and host of Fill Your Cup podcast. Um, And I was just saying to you before, I was trying to remember where I found you, but I'm so glad you bring joy, literally joy every day. Well, we'll talk about your naked wanderings in the forest in a little (laughs) (laughs) But um, honestly, your, um, your take on food and the world and just being really kind to yourself is just glorious. It's glorious. So if that was on your list of what I am set out to do, then you've done it. See, take that off. Oh, cool. Check. (laughs) I love checking things off lists. You can check that off. So where, (laughs) first of all, maybe the reason why I obviously wanted to interview you because it's really interesting. I find the whole food and diet culture really interesting, but um, I... I really noticed, um, you know, we've all got our own journey with food and bodies and all that kind of stuff. And I really noticed this year, I said to myself at Christmas, because we go away every Christmas and spend time with friends and there's lots of food and everyone talks and we've got babies and there's families everywhere. And I I said to myself, I'm not going to allow myself to not, not indulge, but just to try and move past that voice of Christmas. So enjoy it be a part of it, be aware of it. And then all of a sudden, the new year conversation started and the voice in my head turned up to about a million, like a million. Right, January 1st, you're going to get in shape. You're going to stop eating that. You're going to do this. You're going to do... And I was like, where did this come from again? And it was Mm -hmm. so loud. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to, I really want to have this conversation with you about one about your journey, but also maybe some helpful stuff conversations that we have with each other around that that stuff. Um, mm. So maybe tell me a little bit about your journey to your maybe your job and your career and your where you found yourself now. Yeah, cool. Okay, we got twenty minutes, so I'm gonna fly through this. <laughs> um, yeah. So in short, I've always been a bit of a health nut, but when I look back, I was an obsessed disordered eating health nut. Um, I had an eating disorder growing up, um, followed by 10 years of disordered eating, the chronic dieting, starting fresh Monday, food obsession, that sort of thing, punishing myself with exercise. Um, And yeah, so I always thought I was being healthy and pursued um, nutrition because I was always like interested in in health and nutrition. Um, And when I started working with clients as a holistic nutritionist specifically, I, I just discovered this theme where like, I was like, wait, people, people were always saying like, oh, I did your plan for like three days. And then it like, I, I binge or I had a hard day and, um, I, I emotionally ate and I was like, oh, wait a second. People don't need to know more about nutrition. There's plenty of nutrition information out yeah. there, but that's not working. What we need to do is heal our relationship with food. And so, um, I have my own personal journey, um, which um, is long and not enough for, for 20 minutes. But I, I feel like I healed my, my relationship with food, not re- realizing it at the time through intuitive eating. And so that's what I'm, what I'm teaching today. And um, for your listeners who might not be familiar with intuitive eating, um, intuitive eating is a way of eating that helps to promote a healthy attitude towards food. It, um, it's a weight-inclusive way of eating. It's also how we were all, like, we are all born to intuitive eaters. We would 
cry when we were hungry, you know, to indicate that, that, that we're hungry and we would stop when we were full. And then we were thrown into diet culture, which to define that is essentially the, the system of beliefs that says that one, one weight is, um, is better than the other, such as like thinness, thin is best. Um, it oppresses people in certain body sizes. Um, it, it chalks up health to being more than health. It, um, it, it suggests that health is tied up in morality. So you are a better person if you eat a salad and you yeah. are a bad person if you eat a burger. Um, and so essentially that's, that's the work that I do. I'm very passionate about it because I, I see it all, all the time. These people who, um, are very health conscious and they are doing all the things and following all the plans. And they're like, why, like, why do I keep failing? Why do I, why can't I follow anything? And I'm like, it's not you, it's the damn diets. It's yeah. like, it's a system of diets. Right. And so much of it is a fabrication and, and a social construct. Actually, when you read into the roots of diet culture, it's so fascinating. It'll make you very angry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. And rooted in, like, the whole thing about it being rooted in racism and, yeah. you know, um, where it comes from and that kind of the whole patriarchy around it. And, and yeah. that thing of, I read um, a quote the other day that, that was talking about how we as women try to disappear so men can take up more space. And it, I just went, I was like, oh my God, we're actually trying to disappear. Like, so if we disappeared, would that make us feel better? No. And actually we're all going to die. And on our deathbeds, we're not going to go, do you know what? I'm really glad I didn't eat that thing. um, So I could fit into that thing. And it's just, it's bonkers the amount of time we spend on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it makes sense because in, in society, wherever you go, it's chalked up to being the most important thing. Weight is, is equated to a state of health, but the truth is we, we don't actually know anything about someone's state of health based solely on their weight and how they look. So judging solely on that doesn't tell us anything, but again, in, in the world, that's what we're, that's what we're taught. That's what's emphasized. And a lot of it is rooted in, um, the need to be accepted, the need to be loved and, um, I work one-on-one with clients and a comment, like I, almost everyone that I, that I work with, there's, there's like one or two comments that were made to them in childhood by say a caregiver, a parent, or someone in a schoolyard and it stuck with them. And it's the reason they're on the pursuit of, of weight loss and, yeah. and changing their body for life. Because that like saying to someone like, um, boys won't like you if you don't lose, lose weight, hearing that from like a, a father from your dad um, is, is essentially saying, I won't love you if you, if you don't lose weight. Right. Yeah. And so now it's tied up into like my need for like love and from, from my parent. And, um, if we go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that love and belonging is like smack at Absolutely. the bottom of that pyramid. Yeah, completely. And I, I started to really look, cause I have a toddler and she's three and she's literally not stopped eating since the moment she came out. Like <laughs> her joy of food is absolutely unbelievable and I I found it really interesting how we go through this with especially with children we go through this like cycle or this this like journey of isn't it amazing get trying to get them to eat so amazing they're eating oh my god look at those big massive rolls of fat that are just so delicious and wonderful and then we're like god I wish they'd eat why don't they eat why don't they eat eat, don't eat, stop eating. Do you know, we go through this thing and being really, really conscious of how I am around her because of, you know, I was brought up in, uh, I was brought up in the eighties. My mum was on a diet from literally the minute I was born, lived on cottage cheese and crackers for like ever and was just going through the cycle. So for me, it was like, 
that whole being overweight or fat or having cellulite was like, it was the worst thing in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, got, I, I found myself go, go, entering into that. But mm. I also was thinking the other day about, I can't actually remember having a conversation about weight with my friends when I was a teenager. So we, we didn't, I, I can't, maybe it was there, but I cannot remember having that conversation at school with which is awesome we just didn't talk about it until I hit kind of college university time and then it it kind of started to come out but I I'm really conscious of my child being around those conversations and having not talking about treats and not talking about foods in different groups and not just Mm -hmm. talking about food being food like food is food Totally. Which is, and, and look, like I'm, I'm, I'm always like, I'm, I'm sometimes scared to talk about this with parents because I'm, I'm not a parent myself yet. And, um, I can imagine it's hard and like, like all respect to parents who are, have the best intents of like putting good food in, in their child's bodies and wanting to show them like what is healthy versus what is not, but we need to look at the psychological impact of that. Right. Absolutely. And, Unfortunately, that's not something that is is taught through health, right? We're just like, okay, teach them that this is good, this is bad, do this, not that. Got it? Okay. But there's so much more to that. There's so many psychological impacts. So um, much. And the mm-hmm. language, you hear the language all the time um, about good and bad foods around them. And you hear the, like, the treat thing really drives me insane. Because I remember my sister, I remember I, I, when I was breastfeeding and I found breastfeeding really difficult, um, my sister said to me, Jane, at some point you're going to enter into, um, you know, introducing her to foods and the whole thing of food's got to be organic and, and, and amazing. And, and she's like, you will literally one day be giving her McDonald's chips with chocolate sauce all over them because you haven't got time and you're too tired. So get yeah. over it really quickly. Your child will be fine as long as there's food and there's food placed in front of her that is nourishing and colorful and amazing and interesting and so I've kind of somehow got this daughter who will literally eat anything like she wanted the juice out of the pickle jar last night for dinner and I'm like okay we can try that like okay (laughs) but she literally will try and our whole thing is about just trying stuff so try it if you don't like it you never have to eat it again or you can try again tomorrow but just try this thing that's in front of you so she goes okay um but the joy in food I hope she never ever loses Um, because you just think, oh God, at some point she's going to go to school and hear those words. And and there will be a point when she comes home and tells me I've heard this word that was told to me about something and I will cry a lot because Mm. (laughs) that means the world is real and horrible. And at the minute the world is amazing to her. So it's just like, ah. A thousand Um, percent. And like we we can do all these things to create like a, that safe kind of bubble environment at home, but they are going to go out into the world and be exposed to this diet culture is everywhere. The best thing that you can do is be that best um, leader and influence yourself through, through you too, through you modeling that, because that's what your, you said daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what your daughter is going to, to look up to. Um, So as long as you can continue to, to be that, that representation and that example, like, solid. And, um, I read a really good parenting quote the other day that said, look, you're going to mess up your, your kids, like no matter what, whether you're the perfect Pinterest parent or you're like, you're totally absent, just try to like mess them up the least. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to like fuck them up some point at some point. Yeah. Like kids are going to like, yeah, just keep coming back. (laughs) 
Totally. They're going to go out and, and adopt their own traumas and it's, it's going to be part of their, their soul's journey here. Right. And, but I think the home, um, as long as the home can be that strong, safe foundation, then that's all you can do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I got, um, I started to read, um, I don't know if you've read Sonia Renee Taylor's body is working through it yeah which which goes goes through and I've been telling lots of female you know women women friends of mine to read it because it goes through that journey of when did you first hear that thing and when did you stop you know really focusing in on your thigh as the evil person that you hated to look at every day or your you know your right arm that you hate or your you know that real interesting journey of going back and looking at the messages that you got and the re and why you know why we don't see these things that we're in as these machines that do so much amazing stuff you know mm. they walk around every day with us they they hold our heads up they let us allow us to walk up mountains and be outside and mm-hmm. ride bikes and you know, jump off cliffs and all that kind of stuff. And, and that deeply rooted message that we get when we're younger, like you talked before, that stays in us forever. And what a shame, like what mm-hmm. a shame. Yeah. It's, it's why it's so important to go back to that, that, that first belief that you have about like, when did you first learn that your body was wrong? Like, when did you learn that fat was a bad thing? When did you adopt that belief? And I do this with my one-on-one clients. Um, and we, and we go back to that. We say, who said it to you? We look at their relationship with food and like their parents. So often it's coming from a parent who's projecting that belief onto the kid. And then we look at mom or dads or mom and mom, like parents, let's just say, we look at parents relationship with their parents and we see, oh, like everyone's just projecting their their unhealed trauma. Right. And when you're able to see that, that, that like, so maybe mom, mom projected her, her weight, her fat phobic beliefs onto you because she herself was so afraid that she wouldn't be loved if she gained weight. And she's like, I don't want my kid to experience this. Yeah. They project. Right. And when you're able to see that, like, that's your parents shit and not yours, you can separate it a bit. Like it was never about mom, not loving you. It was about like her, her fears. Right. And um, you know, and, and then there's some reparenting that's, that's involved there. So when we look at the wider world and the culture of that, you know, we see it everywhere, magazines, in the film films, and did it, how, how can we shift that? And I suppose, I mean, it's so ginormous, it, it's overwhelming, but how do you, how would you express to your listeners in ways that you, they can do their own little bit? Like, what can we do? What can we do in our own little bubbles? Yeah. So what's cool, I mean, is that diet culture is so overwhelming and ubiquitous and just everywhere. Right. Um, but the cool thing is one, I, I posed this question to my, to my community recently about like, how are you feeling during, during that week between like Christmas and new year's and into the new year. And one woman actually said like, I'm feeling pretty good because like I've cleaned up my newsfeed. Like I have representation there. I have diversity there. I have things that are supportive. And that's what we have to do. Like being so mindful of what we're consuming and knowing yeah. that like we, it's, it's up to us to like, we're essentially curating that content based on who we choose to follow um, accounts, that sort of thing. And if you're following Thinsbo and um, keto stuff and whatever it is, then like, that's going to be your reality. That's going to set those expectations. But if you're, if you're following accounts and influencers and people that, um, are, are talking about, um, body diversity, body acceptance, body neutrality, intuitive eating, then that becomes your world. Right. And then of course, shielding yourself from, um, diet, diet culture and other places. Like I, I put out a post between Christmas, uh, Christmas and new year's. And I was like, 
watch out, like brace yourselves. Like it's going to yeah. come and it's coming hard. Like maybe take this week off of social media. Like, yeah. and I, I, I mean, we can't always do that. You can, if you want. Um, but I mean that week specifically, like maybe it is a good time to walk away because like diet culture is loud that week and you got to protect yourself. And ultimately we make the choice, right? We set those boundaries. We say, I'm not going to buy that thing. I'm not going to actually buy that magazine. I'm not going to listen to that thing. I'm going to turn that off. Um, and mm-hmm. say, if that's the only choice we have, cause we obviously are more privileged than others or wherever we live or whatever, whoever we're surrounded with, but we ultimately can put that thing down and say, I'm just not going to enter into that. And that's going to help me. Um, and support the values that I have. Um, and that's just what I'm going to do today. And that's ultimately that's- what we have, right? That's what we have. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're in Toronto and currently in lockdown. So you can, can you go, you can go and do your walks. I can do my walks. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about your forest. <laughs> I, I love it. So you're, it's obviously winter there and it's snowy. It's winter, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, tell us about your, your daily walks around in the forest yeah so um I'm actually north of Toronto right now um and I, I came up north to my mom's place here where I am right now um to actually heal my depression um I just recently opened up about my mental health story but the forest became a place for me of of stillness of peace and where I really found a lot of healing and so I started doing these daily forest walks and um it's funny like through periods where um I start to to shed, shed what doesn't serve me. Um, and this isn't anything about weight or body. It's, it's about like people or expectations of myself or just going through a transition. I, I seem to want to get more naked. Like this happened, um, back in the spring of 2020. Like I just started post, I started posting these like tasteful nudes, um, for a different reason, but then it just continued. And I think because I was in a period of like, again, stripping what doesn't serve me. Anyway, I was in the forest last weekend and Um, it was just beautiful. Like looked like, it's just like a pure winter wonderland. And I was just like, Oh, I really want to do like a nudie photo in here. And so like, I, I stripped down like in in, amidst the trees and did like a little self timer shoot and like got my photo and, um, the forest just like makes me come alive. And I think that's, you know, I, I look at that photo. I'm like, that truly resembles how, how I feel about the forest, my outlook on life right now. Like the forest reminds me that like when we like happiness, the happiness I've been seeking outside of myself isn't there and, or it's false or it's temporary. The true happiness exists within when all the layers are shed, you know, when you stop performing, when you stop doing, when you just simply be and be the naked human that you are. Yeah. Um, that, that photo, it, it really resembles like I guess this, this changing outlook on, on life that I have. Right. I think the pandemic has showed us that like we are in lockdown, so there isn't much to do, but to go on a freaking walk, but you know what? Walks are pretty amazing and oh, nature's totally. pretty amazing. And yeah. there's so much, there's so many amazing things right, right in front of us. If we look up from our phones and from our doing, and there's so much amazingness, um, within ourselves, within stillness, I've been doing a lot of breath work too. And um, I'll get myself to a point where it's always hard to get into breath work. I'm like, just so like, I'm pretty hyper and energetic. And then I get to a point of like complete stillness where I'm like, I could stay here forever and I'm doing yeah. nothing, yep. but I'm the happiest version of me right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing that you've built a community where you feel safe enough to share the journey you're on and where you, you know, we don't know where we're all going, but mm. 
that just that that community that you've built is just really is really awesome right that you feel safe enough to be vulnerable and to be honest um yeah and I also discovered walking because I'm a I I do triathlon I do riding bikes you know all my exercises go go just go because I love it yeah and then I stopped and took my daughter for walks every day 8 30 we were out the house going for the walk same walk we did every morning and I was like look at all this stuff and because you're with a little person who literally notices every single bug and has to stop, obviously, and look yeah. at everything, even though you're like, come on, we've got to go. <laughs> um, walking just became this, um, just rediscovered it. And I think lots of people have rediscovered walking as a, as a, just a wonderful thing that we can do. Um, totally. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So awesome that you have your daughter to um, step into looking at looking at, through, at the world through a child's eyes, right? Oh, it's incredible. More of that. Yeah, and I'm very honest about. I find motherhood, mothering, really difficult. Like it, it just, I push against it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm really aware that I do it, and I look at why I do it. But also, I love. I love it when she, you know, randomly at 2.15 on an afternoon, like strips all her clothes off and just walks away, walks around. And you're like, and the joy of having no clothes on, you know, you're like, why do we, I wish we didn't lose that just Totally. I'm just walking around with no clothes on. That's what I'm doing today. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I love it. We can learn so much from them. Um, Okay. So now we move into our quick fire round. Are you ready? Surprise quick fire. Oh, I've never been on the other end of this, but yes, let's go. And also I have to say that I did this before Brene Brown did it because she did it. And I'm like, I did that before you. I did that years ago. So don't be taking my quick fire, Brene. Um, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Favorite film? Oh, this is bad because I don't watch TV. Okay, favorite uh, favorite book. If you had to take one to a desert island, uh, Untamed. Ooh, nice. Uh, what do you do well? See, this is so bad because I overthink. Um... <laughs> Come on, Rachel. Fire. <laughs> do you make really good cookies? Do you? Um... Um, what do I do well? Work, but that sounds boring. <laughs> God, I suck at this. this you are bad. honest. That's what you do well. That's what you do well. Okay. Okay. Um, what does grace look like to you? Flowing. Nice. Uh, what's on your bedside table or your nightstand, I think you call it? Uh, books. I think I see them behind you. <laughs> is that your pile? Yes, this is my, this is my mom's room, but I do oh, have books. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite swear word? fuck yeah yeah we've had i was just saying to somebody the day we've had fuck it fuck that fuck you fuck. Oh. generally it's people's favorite right um one famous person you'd invite around for dinner <laughs> i went to mary kate and ashley olsen because that was like rachel's like celebs as like as a kid who would i want now <laughs> see i don't really follow pop culture this is so bad no no it's just um, any any famous person Jason Sudeikis is single again, so I wouldn't oh, mind dinner with him. Good choice. Yeah. I like it. Um, hot bath or hot shower? Hmm. Hotter shower because hot baths get overwhelming. Okay. I like lukewarm baths. Uh, what brings you joy? Forest. Like it. Um, something you'd like to learn? How to do nothing. Good answer uh do you wear your watch on your left or right arm or not at neither 
<gasps> so many people don't wear a watch. It's really fun. Dude, we have phones. Dude, <laughs> dude, we have phones. Um, one country you'd like to visit right now if you could? Oh, I want to go back to New Zealand. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Um, and favorite place to sit? Hmm. Um, I like to sit in beds. That's my foot. That is mine. Um, oh, and last question. One thing you've tried and will never do again. Bungee jumping in oh, Queenstown. <laughs> never. I skydived a couple of weeks ago for my husband's birthday and I was like, done it, never do it again. It's, it wasn't scary. I just didn't like it. I was like, nah, I feel like this. It hurts. Yeah. The thing was sore. I didn't see it. I couldn't see anything because it was like the world was everywhere. And I was like, no. Um, yes. And I interviewed, um, I, I don't know if you, Amanda Palmer, the rock star that she is. I interviewed her a few months ago. <laughs> she said crystal meth. And I was like, well, that is, that's like a line under everything, right? Yeah, no right. No one else is going to say that. <laughs> Just talk to us all. Like, I know. She's like, tried it. We'll never do it again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> totally amazing. Was- um, well, thank you so much for giving up some of your time for us. Um, and tell me what you're going to go and do right now. Right now, um, I'm going to finish um, going to pitch podcast sponsors. And then there's like an, an ex from the past that just messaged me and he wants to talk at 5 p.m. Whoa. So we're going to have a chat. Serious. <laughs> it's actually just to make amends where nothing is rekindling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, uh, you guys have an amazing day. And, um, Thank I will, you. I will stop our recording. Chat soon. Cool. Thanks.